Hi and welcome to this week's Three Legs Four Wheels F1 podcast. It's Paul here with Sean, Chris, and Lee. Are you awake? Just about. <laughs> it's been one of those weeks, hasn't it? It's it's only Monday. <laughs> exactly. It's been it's been a, it's been a long week, and it's Tuesday tomorrow. So yeah. how did how did we all do on our uh, F1 free weekend, which is more of a rarity now than uh, ever before? Well, I was at work. All right, so, yeah, yeah, it was fine. Yeah, I didn't do a lot. Didn't I went swimming with my son? That's about it. <laughs> at least, at least, you, at least you got out and about. But of course, F one is back this weekend. Um, Good. And we've got a race to look forward to at the Nurburgring. You see, I'm not doing the big it's race week thing because that's nearly every bloody week at the minute. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is yeah, it's- it's a bit of a thing now, isn't the whole it's race week post, you know? Yeah, great. Yeah, I've, I've, I've stopped doing that. We started doing that on the podcast before it became fashionable. <laughs> we were race week hipsters? Maybe. I haven't got a beard anymore. I shaved that off. No, hipsters kind of jump on the trend, don't they? I think we, we sort of started it. Oh, started we, a lot of things. We, we, we were influencers. Yeah, yeah. Hey, check out our Instagram. No, well, yeah, it's mainly cats. Yeah, yeah, it is actually. Um, but also, Eiffel Grand Prix, which has never been held before, mm-hmm. at the Nurburgring, which obviously has held races before. But not for how a many while. drivers that are on the current grid have actually raced in F one at the Nurburgring let's, before? Let's have a think. So, so your Vettel, Hamilton, Kimi, obviously, Raikkonen. Ricardo. I want to say Grosjean because he's he has been around quite a bit. Yeah, will, yeah. Presumably will have done at some point. And I think that's it. Oof, that's what? a limited number. I hadn't appreciated. I, was it? Yeah, I didn't realise that. I mean, when was when was the last? Was it twenty thirteen? Yeah, I think twenty thirteen was the last race at the Nurburgring. Bloody hell, I didn't realise it had been that long. So, I mean, Let's have a look at the field from then. Because they were meant... The Nürburgring, of course, was meant to be sharing the German Grand Prix, swapping years with... Um, Sergio Perez. Yeah. Sergio Perez. Oh, Checo, yeah, of course. Yeah, Checo will have done it. Bottas yeah. was in that race. Was he? For, for Williams, teammate of Pastor okay. Maldonado. <laughs> uh, and that's about it for the, the, current, yeah. the current field. Actually, more than I thought. Then, if we got Perez and Bottas in there too, because mm. that's still you know, seven out of twenty. That means there's only it's still less, still less than half the field that have raced there before. So, mm. yeah, you know, a yeah. lot, lot of um, lot of drivers will only be used to it on either slower cars or sims. Yeah, well, the the, the Formula One sim is is fairly accurate, isn't it? Or supposed to be. All the teams, uh, the sims that the teams have. So it's just a posh version of our factor. <laughs> but no, no, it, looking, is. it is. It is, yeah, but, but I'm looking forward to it, if I'm honest, because I think the even though it's the uh, the, the shorter southern part of the Nürburgring, I, I think it's got... Um, still cost, still cost you not, $15 on iRacing. <laughs> not, not a heritage, if you know what I mean, but it's, mm. it's, it's an old school feel to the circuit. And, uh, Do they still have the the roller coaster running along the side of the start finish straight? Ooh. I don't know. To be honest, don't, with you. I don't think so. No, that's, that's 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 a shame because I know um, a few years back when there was a German Grand Prix there, they were offering massively expensive tickets to <laughs> uh, to ride the roller coaster during the race alongside the cars. 
Yeah. Worst circuit I've ever been to. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's where you got shepherded in, wasn't it? To your um, to your area, and that's it. You have to stay within your area. Yeah, yeah, it was awful. But regardless of food stands or um, yeah, there was, there, I mean, merch there was stalls, etc. Yeah, there was there was stuff there. You had all the you had all the stuff you needed at your corner, but yeah, you just couldn't go anywhere else. It's a little bit sort of yeah. too too efficient. Yeah, bit too efficient. Yeah, I'm, I'm guessing... I've not actually seen anything to the contrary, but I'm guessing no fans there this weekend again. Oh, I thought they were doing fans. Oh, are they, are they having fans? I know Turkey have now said fans, they're not uh, doing fans, but I thought I thought Germany were doing fans. Turkey has cancelled um, fans because they were selling a lot of tickets to the Turkish Grand Prix, and they've now turned around and been like, actually, it's probably not a great idea given what's happening everywhere else. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think that works. Oh, just talking to fans at races. Um, just want to thank uh, Daniela on Twitter for saying that um, giving us the um, capacity for Portugal and the fact that there will be fans in there. So uh, thank thank you for uh, pointing that out after last week's show. Thank you. Yeah, because Portimao is a is a circuit I know very little about. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> so yeah, they're they are admitting twenty thousand fans to the Nurburgring. Oh right, should be okay. a good good crowd. Okay. Does each one of them get get their own corner? That I do not know how how they're going to be allocated. There are not to twenty thousand corners at the Nurburgring, Paul. There are on yeah, the, the Nordschleife. <laughs> yeah. Depends which circuit. <laughs> now I think that's only got something like a hundred and sixty-two. So it may be more than one fan to each corner on that on that. So. <laughs> Come. I think they're and, quite and, well. They're quite well yeah. stocked for stands, aren't they? I'm sure they built a dot them about all over the place quite well stocked for corners yeah but um yeah that's uh that was the thing about turkey i think they they were looking to get something like a hundred thousand in there and they've now decided actually no it's not happening at all yeah it's not yeah. it's a bit too much i think that but yeah i feel sorry for anyone that had got tickets for that yeah yeah, fans back in a you know at an old school circuit like you know okay there were there were fans in Sochi but Russia hasn't really had the same lockdown measures that the rest of the world has, has seen, and it's, um, not, it's not had the same F one heritage. Correct. Yeah. Well, the the track in Sochi is not. Is not what I was going to follow that with is not. It's not a you know, to isn't it? It's not a yeah. classic circuit. Whereas a Nurburgring is a real old school, even if it has been you know reshaped and. You know, Things have been changed. It's still the Nurburgring. Mm. Uh, the Dunlop curve at the bottom of the circuit it changed very little from the days when they used to race on the Nordschleife. You still approach it and have to, you know, it's, it's still a right turn hairpin. Um, is it Dunlop curve? Is that was that the? Is that the? Uh, I'm pretty sure that's the hairpin, isn't it? At the bottom of the circuit. I, th- I, th- I think that I think that's what it's called. It, it may have changed for sponsorship reasons. Everything's called something curve at the Nurburgring. Yeah, it is, it is one that has names, isn't it? It's, uh... Yeah, yeah. Every Coca Cola curve, I think, is a final turn or something ridiculous like that. Is there a Coca Cola um, curve? I'm pretty sure there's a Coca Cola curve at the Nurburgring. I'm going to have to Google this now. <laughs> this, I, I'm so I doing exactly sorry. the same thing. I'm wondering. <laughs> this this involves lots. Of uh, well, you... You'd think we'd do some preparation for this. No, 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 no. No, they would lose our rustic charm. Yes. That's one way of describing it. <laughs> Stick charm, I like that, yeah. That's what all. the Nürburgring has, isn't it? 
Oh, I let's can't have... find an up-to-date <laughs> map. Let's have a look. We've got the Vorsteiner curve, the Michael Schumacher yeah, yeah, There is the Yokohama Coca-Cola curve. Last corner at the Nürburgring, which used to be called the Coca-Cola curve. I'm just looking on... Just to say that it still is now. Just looking on the circuit but map for the last corner, but it doesn't actually, uh, doesn't actually say it on this particular one. I've got Wikipedia is lacking. Um, yeah, I can't. I can't find a, a proper good map. An image search of Coca-Cola Curve Nurburgring. It comes up with it. Ah, yeah, that'll that'll do. So anyway, yes, it'll be um, well a heavily sponsored corner. Of course. Actually, here we go. There's a Nurburgring post-race notebook from a sports car race in September. Uh, and the report says uh, the number nine fared better over the course of the race, but lost a headlight when Andy Suchek clattered into Andrea Caldarelli as the Italian's Lamborghini suddenly slowed in front at Coca-Cola Curve. Yes, so in September, it was still called Coca-Cola Curve. There's Coca-Cola Curve, there's Castrol Curve, there's Valvoline Curve, <laughs> there's Ford Curve, there's Dunlop Carer. I don't know what a Carer is. My German has... So that, that's the hairpin, though, yes. isn't it? The Dunlop. Yes. Yeah. Shell curve, RTL curve, bit curve, ITT curve, and the Vidal chicane. Chicane spelt the German way. Yeah. More Ks than there should be. Just the one. Just the <laughs> one. So, basically, what they're saying is, they've got all that sponsorship, yet they keep claiming to have run out of money. Well, I don't know how many... You know, is it one pound to name a court... <laughs> if it's one pound to name a corner, we've got some. There's a couple of quid left in the Patreon account. Shall we try and shall we try and get the three legs, four wheels curve? We probably could afford yeah. a corner. <laughs> let's do it. Let's get let's get onto Nurburgring. Call it the three legs, four wheels curve. Let's <laughs> let's, let's, let's buy that Dunlop hairpin. <laughs> I don't know if we if do we have more money than Dunlop. I don't. Uh, think all we I'm do. saying is, if we decide to do this. We need to really, really, really explain what the three legs of man is. Oh, yeah. That's oh, yeah. You, you make a good point. point. You make a good point. Yes. <laughs> yeah, well, um, when we send our proposal in for the sponsorship, we'll, we'll have a large amount of explainer going on. Yes. <laughs> yes. Just really so good point, talking point, point. Towards the TT races. They know that in yeah. Germany. They know TT. Well, yeah, half of Germany turns up here every May. Yeah. Sorry, I'm being invaded by a cat as per usual. You can tell it's podcast night. The cats that have been <laughs> the cats that have been asleep all day are not asleep anymore. They have not been asleep all day. Very active. In that case, why haven't they tied yeah. themselves out? Don't know. Well, as long as long as they're quiet on Sunday when uh, when we're watching the race, that's the that's the only thing that uh, is really important. Although your microphone looks like it's going to take a completely different direction. Do we want to talk about the news that we're deliberately avoiding, or should we carry on talking about the race at the Nürburgring? I think we probably need to get the news out of the way first. I think newsy, newsy stuff is probably for the best. Yes. So, yes, Honda. Um, how many times is this they've pulled out now? It's the third time in my lifetime mm. that they've, <laughs> they've just dropped the ball on whichever team they're currently supplying and walked away uh, purely because they think they've had enough. And this this um, was like a complete bombshell, though, wasn't it? It was like, oh, what? Out of nowhere. Yeah. It I... was in in the early 90s. They, was, they were doing um, supplying engines to McLaren. Mm-hmm. And um, 
obviously they got totally trounced in 92 by Williams Renault. Um, but then Honda just went, yeah, not after this year. Sorry guys. And <laughs> just, just left McLaren in the shit. With, and then McLaren had to, with a Peugeot. F- well, Ford, it was for the first year. Ford the first year, Peugeot the second year, both engines were crap. And then it was when Mercedes came on board, I think 95, it still then took them a couple of years before they started being back at the front again. So, you know, that set, weirdly, Honda dropping McLaren set McLaren back a few years. They did the same when they rejoined. Um, But (laughs) we'll see. Well, re-rejoined because then there was the whole Jordan Jordan BAR debacle. Yeah, well, they supplied engines to Mugen Honda, as Mugen Honda, didn't they, for a while? Uh, yeah, which, um, which Jordan got, and then they were supplying BAR at the same time, and all of a sudden they dumped Jordan, who... Dumped Jordan. Oh, hang on, let's um, let's see. Oh, yeah, Jordan got left with a um, Duff Ford engine, which then... Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So uh, you've got a Honda... And took over the BAR team, the Honda Works team, which of course gave Jensen Button his first win. And then towards the end of 2008, again, when things weren't going their way, they were right at the back with a really bad car, the Earth Dreams car. Uh, they were just, they, actually, we don't think we'll... Uh, we'll uh, should have been called Point Dreams. It should have been, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, actually, we think we've had enough of this now. We're going to pull out of F1. And but the thing is, they because they owned a team that, and I don't, and I think everyone's forgotten this who was around at the time. But they really left that team so deep in the shit that Ross Braun, like Braun GP, wasn't just Ross Braun going, look how much money I've got. He bought the team to, he put himself in debt to save the team, pull the team, you know, out of it, and just happened to happen upon a Mercedes engine fitted okay in the back of the, where the space where the Honda was supposed to go. And they had built a pretty decent car and just had the right engine to power it and dominated the first half of that 2009 season without Honda, you know, being around. That was 90% luck, if, if we're perfectly honest, because had Honda stayed in the sport, yes, the car probably would have been great, but they would have had the Honda engine, which was okay. Flammable, I think, might was have, the best description. Yeah, they... they might, they might have got a few podiums, but they certainly wouldn't have been challenging for the world championship. Uh, and also, they, they capitalised on a year when McLaren and Ferrari were awful. Yeah. Um, so everything and, fell and, into place for Braun that and, year. And Red Bull just got it together too late. Yeah, yeah. Red Bull were rising and McLaren and Ferrari were just starting to fall away. It, it, everything fell into place at the right time for Braun. 2009 was a very strange year for Formula One. But then uh, Honda disappeared again. There was all this like, oh, well, turbo turbo engines are back. Honda are coming back to Formula 1. It's like, wow, this is going to be huge because, you know, last time Honda had turbo engines in Formula 1, they were the best. And they came in with McLaren and they were awful for a couple of years. That's okay. McLaren weren't great either. They had the best chassis on the grid. Uh, that's debatable. <laughs> did we did we ever prove that? I don't think we did prove that. I don't think it, um, it was never disproved. <laughs> well, apart from Schrodinger's chassis, chassis, yeah, <laughs> the best and also the worst. Um, 
<laughs> Sorry. Also, if Alonso is driving it, it's a world championship winning car, but also a GP2 car. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then, you know, Honda seemed to redeem themselves with the Toro Rosso tie-up uh, when it was announced that they were going to do a year with Toro Rosso and then supply both the Red Bull teams. Um, and going forward, we thought, well, we'll see how it works out. It worked out really well. You know, the, the technical partnership between those, you know, the, the philosophy that obviously those teams work with and Honda work with just worked better for Honda. They don't have the worst engine this year. Uh, they've won races this year. I think year. they might now. The worst engine? It's Or, or it's maybe not worst engine because Ferrari's still fucked, isn't it? But yeah, since, yeah. The, since the fuel map thing has changed... They've lost like a ton of performance. I, I, lost I, I, yeah, yeah, they have lost a bit. But I, I don't, I don't think it's any. No, like going forward, however, I have whatever their plans were, engine wise. I don't think it's an accident that these that the rule changes like brought the engine map thing in. Uh, they lost a ton of performance, and then that's been enough in a, in a boardroom to make someone go, "Nah, pull the plug on this." Well, I was going to get to that as well because the only thing that surprised me is how early they've, they've stated that they're going to pull out at the end of 2021. It would be so classic of Honda to say now that they were pulling out at the end of 2020. That would That's the only surprise that, that about this is that they've still got another year left of actually having Honda in Formula 1. You know, to be honest, now, if, it, if it wasn't for the fact that the current season engines are being carried over to next year i think they would have said that they're going at the end of the season possibly um when it comes to road relevance i know that they've said that oh it's because we're we're looking at um you know we don't see hybrids as the future anymore it's all got to be electric honda dropped the ball when it comes to this because we've discussed it um before but um honda went down the route of hydrogen being an alternative fuel and didn't really invest in uh, electric um, cars, have now realized that all of their rivals are putting out really decent uh, electric vehicles that they have the technologies to sort of, you know, power themselves. Where Honda are now buying things in from other companies, and it's really expensive, and they... Are still here? Yes, Yes. you're still there. Yeah, that's right. You disappeared, and then you came back quicker. I was going (laughs) to say, Honda... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I must have done. Uh, Honda now spending a lot of money bringing, uh, you know, paying other companies to do their tech for them uh, to put ele- electric vehicles out on the road, and it's really expensive for them. Um, they don't, and, and yet they're, they're way behind. Yeah, and, they're way behind the, the 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 curve when it comes to electric vehicles. And yet they've just signed an extension with IndyCar to stay in and bring in hybrids in 2023. Exactly. So that something doesn't ring true there. I think it's the um, engines being fixed until twenty twenty six as well. I think that they don't like that, or you think that? I think they don't like it. I, th- I think it, it's the same reason that we won't have um, any new engine manufacturers come in until then. Is because there just simply isn't the space to make up the ground that needs to be made. Yeah, it's yeah exactly, they were all hoping it's the exactly reset. why I think Ferrari are. 
done for the foreseeable. Yeah, I mean, Ross, Ross Braun said as much. He said he can't actually see any new engine manufacturers coming in at all until the next engine reset. Yeah. But, I mean, Honda's, Honda's statement about IndyCar is... It's just... Look up, it's a bit, look up hypocrisy. Bit of a kick in the teeth. And, yeah, look up hypocrisy in the dictionary, and this is, this is what you'll see. Because what they've said is at Honda, we race to develop our people, to innovate technologies, and to engage fans. We are proud of our uninterrupted twenty-seven-year leadership in IndyCar. Well, right. And look forward to delivering a next-generation Honda two-point-four-liter hybrid power unit with more than nine hundred horsepower. So yeah, yeah. So something we're not winning. Something we're not winning everything there. in F one. We stand a chance of winning an IndyCar. Fuck F one. We'll just we'll just throw all our eggs into that basket. Um, yeah. I mean, if it's in, if if they if they're free to develop, that's the thing, isn't it? The um, like Formula One is so restrictive with the with the engine development. I I, I can I can understand it. You know, it's there's. You, there's so much now of like uh, of problems going to arise with people needing to like save money and things like that, and the, you know it's why why do it if if you don't think that you have the room in the sport to actually like change and challenge, then why why would you keep going? Yeah. It's, yeah, uh, it's it it's it's a tricky one, but I mean, you know, that they do have the opportunity to develop what what they've already got. All right, it's a race winning engine; it's not a championship winning engine at the moment. But I'm I'm assuming all that they're planning on doing is just ploughing all the development into this um, this two point four liter IndyCar one because F one is going to be staying at one point six. Even after twenty twenty six, isn't F one staying at one point six? They're just uh, looking at changing what they might be doing with the ancillaries. The actual mm-hmm. uh, ice, the internal combustion engine, I think is 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 already being talked about staying as a one point six V six. But you know, you've got other other manufacturers, other road manufacturers, particularly Mercedes, um, felt the need to come out and say, "Well, we see that hybrid cars are going to be around." Um, right up until the very last moment, where we not legally allowed to sell them because you know that there's going to be that market for them right up until they have to go electric. Um, you know, and that's for for most governments that's still like 15 years away. Mm. Yeah, it just it just seems a shame. And once again, Honda screwed a team over. Also, it means that Renault maybe forced into a position where they have to provide Red Bull with engines. Because don't, uh, don't, forget, the, don't forget the rules state with the current engine supply regulations. Mm-hmm. The, the team, well, the engine manufacturer that is supplying the least number of teams is obliged to supply any team without an engine deal. Mm-hmm. Now, Next co- year, uh, Renault are only supplying themselves. They will be supplying yeah. Alpine, and that will be it. Yeah. Um... It'd be interesting to know what the relationships like. I think um, Renault have already said, or Cyril Beterbiel's already said that Renault are open to supplying like Red Bull again with an engine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wonder whether you're going to end up with a split uh, Red Bull and Toro Rosso again. It's happened before, hasn't it? Yeah, with a- one with a Renault, one with a Ferrari. Yeah. Yeah. Doubt they'd be exactly banging down uh, Ferrari's door at the minute, though. I think Ferrari are possibly trying to bang down Renault's door. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah. There, there's already rumours, isn't it, about Alpha and uh, Haas. 
Haas have formally denied. Well. Haas have formally denied. They say it wouldn't. It would not make sense to part company with Ferrari at the the present time. Well, yeah, because they uh, want Callum Islet in one of the cars next year. That's, and... Yeah, that's possibly <laughs> why. Because <laughs> I think it's a nailed on certainty that it's going to be Schumacher in the Alpha. Yeah, I, yeah, I think so. I would but not when it be comes... surprised if that gets announced this weekend with like photos of him at Michael Schumacher curve and that kind of shit. Mm. Mm. And of course, yeah. photos of him in an alpha in Michael Schumacher uh-huh. curve in FP1, which he's doing this weekend. Yeah, I, I, I reckon they'll confirm him and Kimmy for next year. It's looking more likely that Kimmy's going to be staying, isn't it? Yeah. It, it just makes Giovinazzi. sense. Yeah. You can't have Giovinazzi and Schumacher in a team together. There's no no driver leadership there. No. It would make more sense for them to sign any of the Raikkonens over Giovinazzi. <laughs> <laughs> hey, boy Raikkonen seems to be quite handy in a cart. I was meaning Mintu as well. I, I, uh. Yeah, she's, she comes across as quite fiery, though. I reckon when she's got... If she had, was, like, visor down, I reckon she'd be a bit of a handful. I reckon she's more <laughs> a rallycross type. Possibly. You're allowed more contact in rallycross. <laughs> I th- I th- I, you know, I think she'd be um, elbowsy. <laughs> yeah. Um, there are, oh, no, no, no. There are three... Three Schumachers, that's uh, three Schumachers, haha. <laughs> there are three Ferrari juniors, aren't there, looking to, for um, their seats. Um, well, at the moment, we'll get to see two of them this weekend. And, of course, there's no uh, there's no F2. This, no, uh, is it Callum, Callum Islet and uh, Mick Schumacher? Yeah, yeah both in, in FP1. Callum, uh, Callum Islet in the Haas and Mick in the Alfa Romeo. And before that, on Wednesday, I believe, all three of them are being run in a Ferrari at uh, Mugello. I think they did, They've uh, already done they did that. that last yeah, week. Yeah, they did that. Oh, yeah. was that last week? Yeah, I yeah. thought it was this week. Oh, a uh, filming day. Just a filming day mm. and a bit of a run around in an older car. And um, yeah. everyone was all in identical tra- um, team gear except Mick, who yeah. obviously has his own footwear deal. Mm. Of course he, he, um, of course he does. Yeah. <laughs> I think they were all driving 2018 Ferraris. Oh, back when they were vaguely good. Yeah. <laughs> so um, it'd be interesting to see what happens. Is Schwartzman in a Haas at the end of the season? I think, is he in an Alpha at the end of the season? Alpha or, or Haas? That Some, he's something Ferrari powered that's not a Ferrari. Yeah. So you know, maybe Schwartzman and Schumacher. I mean, that'd be a real roll of the dice. As I say, you got no leadership in the team if you do that. Um, but it would be a real roll of the dice for uh, for Sauber stroke Alfa Romeo to to do that. But, yeah, but two it's, Ferrari it's, juniors it, in the it's car. Lo- it's looking more likely that Mick's <coughs> pardon me, Mick's going to take the F two title, which means he'll need a seat for next yeah. season. Islet seems to be the second of the five Ferrari drivers in F2. Mm-hmm. And he could well be ready for the move. Schwartzman, has, he's been great. And it's it's hard to it's hard to remember that this is only his first F2 season. Yeah. Um, maybe giving him the extra, the extra year and making him the reserve Ferrari driver... Um, you know, drive, driver for hire, the third driver for all three Ferrari powered teams. Yeah, because I don't, I don't think who is who is the Ferrari reserve at the moment. <laughs> I think it's Giovinazzi. Ah, 
He's the official Ferrari reserve. He is. And Haas, is that still Pietro Fittipaldi? I think it might be Louis Delatraz. Oh, that that rings a bell, because Fittipaldi's been doing IndyCar, hasn't he? Yes. That makes it difficult. I I couldn't even say who the Alpha One was. It's uh, Kubica, is it not? Oh, it is. I God. think it is. Yeah, Robert God. Kubica. God, I forgot. I forgot, I forgot about no. that. He's been. Called... <laughs> His, His been... money's all over the car. I know. <laughs> of course, this makes this makes it interesting. If it's going to be Schumacher and um, Schumacher and Kimi, is the Kubica money going to stay in the team, or is he going to pimp himself round to the highest bidder? Uh, Schumacher will be enough eyes on that team if yeah. if you know if he moves up. But I mean, <sighs> yeah. We'll, we'll we'll see, but getting back to what we were we were saying about the the Honda Red Bull thing, how do you think that plays out for for Red Bull? Do we think it's Renault that are just going to have to supply with a, possibly a rebadge to the tag engine again or um, something along those lines, or do we think that you know Red Bull are going to buy the development rights to the Honda engine, which I know has been talked about? But I mean, isn't isn't that factory in Japan? Mm. It is. I mean, we were, we were talking about this offline the other day, and you know, it's it, is it the Briatori situation all over again, and we get the um, Honda Mataschitz, uh, sorry, the Red Bull Mataschitz car. Yeah. You know the the Dietrich yeah. powered engine. I think that's too much of a gamble for Red Bull. Mm. It's too you much know, to it's... catch up on, isn't it? Like you're too yeah. far into this era yeah. for someone just to come in from scratch and start building engines and hoping they do a better job than Honda. I mean, it didn't really work well for Briatori last time because the Mechachrome, or the Playlife as it was called in the Benetton, was an absolute bloody lump. Yeah. You know, it, it, and was, that, and that... it, it was bad at the start of the season and got progressively worse, and not just because Hans-Harald Frensen was driving one of them. But I, it's the same situation as well, because what you've got there is a, the same. It's a, it, it was a good Formula One team. That hadn't thought about having to build an engine before. The same as you know, it's they'd have to put together a whole division within that team to build an engine. Surely, like within what six months? Mm. Yeah, that's the exactly. Thing. I, think they, I think they could do it in terms of resources, but not in six months. No, yeah. I don't think. I don't think it's. Uh, I don't think they would do it. I think it has to be Renault, I think, for me, mm-hmm. when it comes to... Really and truthfully, the 2022 engines, the work needs to start on them soon. Yeah. Mm. Kind of fucks over the only, the only thing I Yuki would Sonoda say, as well. Mm. The only thing I would say is, if Mercedes are thinking about pulling out Formula 1, uh, as, you know, it's, it, it's, again, looking more and more likely, you know, as time ticks on with the idea of the Enos uh, buyout and stuff like that. Enos Petronas um, Mercedes. I think Mercedes will stick around as an engine supplier and it'll be the and the team will be known as Ineos. Toto has formally uh, denied the Ineos takeover, which is yeah. usually the sign of a good F1 rumour when it's been denied. Well, if that's the case, then would it not make sense for uh, Mercedes to supply Red Bull? Possibly. Yeah, can they, though? That's good. That's, that's going to be the issue because... They're in with they're in with McLaren mm-hmm. for quite a while. Obviously, Mercedes now for um, for a man. Aston um, Martin. Aston Martin have got one hell of a tie up because Mercedes are supplying the engines for Aston Martin road cars, Aston Martin WEC cars, 
and you know it's Mercedes are shareholders in Aston Martin. Mm-hmm. I have it in my head that Mercedes' contract to supply the team currently known as Racing Point is not long term. I think I think I think they've done a short term deal for next year, but I don't think they are for twenty twenty two. It's not like no one signed that. Mm. Mm. I mean, realistically, Mercedes are uh, are big enough and have the resources that if Formula One turned around and said, everyone, Mercedes engines for everybody, they, they, they are a big enough entity that they can supply as many teams as that will take the engines. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we don't really want to see that. I mean, I know no, uh, absolutely virtual, not. virtual stat man Sean Kelly was saying that... Um, you know he can he can recall the days in the seventies when there were only uh, three engine suppliers, sometimes two, depending on the race, and most of them were Cosworths. Um, you know, yeah, Cosworth building and Ferraris. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and whoever trying, else was in. I'm just trying to think. I'm just trying to think what the third one would be. Um, Judd. Possibly yes. And Judd would have supplied engines back then. Yeah, and maybe even Brian Hart. Yeah, I think Hart was a bit a bit later than the seventies, wasn't he? I think Hart came sort of eighties, nineties. Mm. But I think don't forget, Brian Hart supplied engines to Jordan when they first started. Yeah, I mean, obviously, when when they got to Japan in the seventies, then you had the one-off entries that came in with the local drivers, and they were probably sort of backed by. You know, you, you had some guy driving a Honda, you had some guy driving a Toyota, and some guy driving a Yamaha. But the engines yeah. were the engines were a lot simpler in those days, and you could probably mm-hmm. just take the engine out of a van and put it in the back of a Formula <laughs> One car. But don't don't forget as well, like Yamaha have you know provided engines in the past for Ar- Arrows. Yamaha was the team that Damon Hill nearly won the Hungarian Grand Prix for in '97. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. but I mean, know, the, the, the whole the, since the turbo hybrid era started, it's it's locked people out, and I disagree with mm-hmm. locking paraf- manufacturers. To paraphrase Paddy or- Lowe, making a Formula One engine these days is a difficult process. Yeah. It's not <laughs> just that. Not just that. It's just, they locked the competition out. I mean, look, Honda came in one year late, and it ruined them for four years. You know, it's mm-hmm. they, they were... You can't just come in now and expect to produce something and until twenty twenty six. You know, now is the right time for Formula One bosses. I'm looking at kind of you know pointing the finger at Ross Braun here and 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 you know the rulemaker side of things to to start opening up the rules so that other manufacturers might be tempted to join Formula One because I think and I don't necessarily mean them as a fact as manufacturer teams. But definitely as engine suppliers, I'd love to see, and I'm repeating myself from last week here, I'd love to see Ford and BMW, uh, you know, back in Formula One, even if it's just as engine suppliers, um, just just giving it a go because, you know, these are these are big names in, in, in Formula One's history and it would be good to have them back on the grid. I don't like the idea that it's Renault, Ferrari and Mercedes and that's it. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it, it puts Formula One. I, re- I I really hate the idea. I really hate the idea that IndyCar is just Honda and Chevrolet. Yeah, I was going to say it puts Formula One only one one step above IndyCar, and that's just a, that's just a battle between two engine manufacturers. And the thing is, when when the 
the rule changes were all being talked about, I think we heard Porsche were interested, Cosworth were interested, Aston Martin were interested. So there were engine manufacturers who wanted to get involved, but because they'd missed the last engine change, they needed another engine change to actually get a foot in the door, and that hasn't happened. So they're now off busy doing other things, so that opportunity has just completely been missed. Yeah, because they, the, they had the big summit at um, Bernie's Big in Hill base, didn't mm. they? And they came away they came away from it with absolutely nothing. So yeah, I think the time is ideal for Ross Braun to um make make things opened up. You know, I mean maybe we'll get the Dominicali effect. You know, he may he may be a fan of getting this done. Let's hope so. Yeah. But, you know, it would be uh it it would be a shame because you know, we all know that Mercedes have made the best engine since these new regulations came in. And it's going to stay that way until the regulations change. So maybe it's time to, maybe it's time to change the regulations and level the playing field down even more. Yeah, yeah, it's going to take some balls to just sort of sit there and just say, look, we're opening up the engines a bit more. Uh, we need more engine suppliers. Um because the sport needs them, I, I'm, you know, I'm not ashamed to say that at all whatsoever. That's I'm going down the road of like becoming a spec series. I don't think so anyway, because then you'd all have the same engines and the same chassis. It's just it's all about the drivers. Formula One's never been just about the drivers. No, I mean you know you've got you've got all the spec series underneath it to actually prove the driver skill that you're good enough to get to F1. Where yeah. you know you get yourself in with the team, yeah, but, but most people don't watch the uh, Lover series though. His... Most most people most people want to watch Formula One and would prefer the idea that the cars were equal. So when Lewis Hamilton wins a race, they know it's because he's the best. I can see the appeal of that, but that's not the Formula One has ever been. That's not how teams would want no, to get involved, no, it's not though, is it? But... They want to show off their product rather than some driver. Yeah, but it's always been technological innovation as well as, you know, as well as driver skill. It's, you know, having the two things put together. So you go, you're only going to do well if you're in a really good car, but at the same time, you get people, you know, drivers like George Russell is at the moment, for example, you know, putting that Williams on a Saturday right up where it shouldn't be. Clearly, that man's got an awful lot of skill because he's in a car that's nowhere near as technologically advanced mm-hmm. as those ahead of him. And then, conversely, you get Luca Badoa, who manages to put a Ferrari that's capable of winning races in 20th. <laughs> yeah, and, and going backwards round corners when Lee's watching races. <laughs> yes, that was tremendous. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Formula One has always been about the best, you know, the winner is usually the best driver in the best car. You know, you, you, go, you go back historically and that, you know, that's been the case. And the times when you've had the close battles for championships, it's been the two best drivers in the two best cars. Yeah. And, you know, that, that, that's, what it, that's what it was founded on. And it's never been sort of discussed as a spec series. You know, during, you know, during the sort of seventies and eighties. Is, is era, that an excuse, though, not to do it? 
the this is what it's always this is what it's always been. I guess it's kind of it's kind of sticking to to tradition, and this is what it's founded on, and this is this is what it will stay as. I think the thing is though, we're talking about like a a thing that was put together pre-internet, and you know, it's, there's so much entertainment out there now. You know, it's the it, Formula One's competing with everything from Netflix to people that sit there watching TikTok dances for two hours. Yeah, how's that going? Um, how's that going? By the way, Lee, you got many followers yet? <laughs> I don't really do it a lot, to be honest. I just use it for clips. I've got some good. <laughs> I've got some good views for like most audio clips. Get some decent views uh, on some of them. But um, keep, the, da- keep uh, dancing, man. Keep dancing. The. The thing is, it's you know, it's things have to evolve. It's it, in the same way. Think of Formula One, like uh, how serials used to be put out, where you would sit down at eight o'clock on a Thursday evening and you would watch X series, wherever it is. But it doesn't work now. Do it doing that. That's what people prefer it when you just dump a whole series there, and people can watch it when and if they want. Things have to evolve. I, I misheard you and one, thought you said cereals and thought we were talking about Cocoa Pops for a minute. No, no. Cocoa <laughs> Pops have evolved and they're not as nice as they used to be. Uh, <laughs> and you see, there was, there, was all, there was all the outcry when they renamed Cocoa Pops to Choco Krispies for six months. Yeah, that can Well, I mean, off. that was ridiculous. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, the, th- the thing is, you know, it's, it, it depends how, which, way, which way you look at it. Personally, I think Formula One does need to move more to entertainment rather than technical innovation because it's not the forefront of technical innovation. It still happens within the sport, but um, you know, it's especially with the stranglehold having uh, that Formula E have on all electric cars. Not that we particularly want all electric Formula One cars anyway, because Formula E is shit. Um, you know, it's they ha- they have to they have to make racing uh, entertaining. IndyCar doesn't give a fuck about innovation. No. Well, that's not a spec. The series that's not a series that's been built, is it? On on that kind of uh, that kind of thinking, that is literally a spec series. All that's been agreed from the word go that they would have pretty much the same car. All the yeah, way through. Yeah, yeah. Every, everyone's, got, is... everyone's got the same car. Everyone's mm-hmm. got the same aero package. Everyone's got a choice of one of two engines. Um, but let's 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 not forget here. Formula One is hemorrhaging viewers, and it's. I, I know we can we can bat around the um, sky paywall with Formula One all we want, but the top and bottom of it is there is paywalls for lots of stuff all over the place. You know, I mean. Uh, we, we, I, we, we all. I, I pay for Netflix. There's very, there's very few things that I actually want to pay pay for on Netflix, but I pay for it for things like Stranger Things because I know that whatever time it drops, I think it's usually around. Well, it should be soon, shouldn't it? Is it usually Halloween? But the um, I know when that when that drops, I'm going to love watching that. So I'm quite happy to continue paying my. Eight ninety nine a month for Netflix, just for that. To be perfectly honest, yeah. So if Formula One but was if, if had Formu- a broad if, enough appeal, if Formula One was eight ninety nine a month, it'd probably pick up more viewers. 
it's, Probably. It's it's the it's the fact that the with with the paywalls and with going down the with going down the sky route in a lot of in a lot of Europe, they've kind of priced themselves out of the market of being mass available. Because, I think you're right, but I think they're also struggling to find to get new viewers. I and think, I think there's only because people people will constantly talk about Max Verstappen and people like um, Lando Norris bringing younger younger people in. Um, I don't know if that's necessarily going to be a thing. I think you might find people uh, younger people watching Lando Norris's game streaming, and he becomes like a two tier celebrity. But um, unless the sport that he actually does is engaging enough to keep people in front of the television, then I think you, you're going to have a you have a real struggle. Look, we, we've been no, a part of the 2022 rules is about there. Well, no, absolutely, and hopefully the 2022 rules will fix this. And to be fair, it is pushing things more in a spec series kind of way. Um, but it's. I think that's that's the way it needs to evolve. It need it needs to evolve to flatten the performance delta out between the cars. It really does need to do that. Otherwise, I think for, Formula One is just going to continue to be in this rut, and it'll it won't be it won't be what we want it to be. We want it to be this huge event sport, and it'll turn into a niche sport, and then it'll suffer because the money won't be there. And Formula One needs money. I think the problem it's got at the moment is the the identity isn't there. Like, what is Formula One? Like, when we've got people like Honda pulling out, people the the big name brands aren't seeing it as the showcase anymore for the technology. And this is how we're going to sell our road cars because that's become Formula E. There's no point in sort of copying the IndyCar formula because IndyCar's already doing that. So it's in this sort of weird treading water. How do we make ourselves different to everything I th- else? I think you're right in a way, but just the fact that um, Formula One is a legitimate world championship makes it different. Yeah, I suppose to an extent. Yeah, Formula E claims does not does Formula E not claim to be a world championship? It does now. It's paid an absolute fuck ton of money to the FIA. Ah, yeah, but also don't forget that there's Formula E races are not. Grand Prix when they're not Grand Prix distances, there's no way that an electric vehicle, even even all these manufacturers who are in Formula E, mm-hmm. would would be able to. Don't forget, Mercedes are in Formula E as well. Yeah, they don't have the technology to power a race car um, to its maximum potential for a Grand Prix distance. You know what? What what's a Formula E race? It's about 130, 140 kilometers, which is about half the length of a Grand Prix. Yeah, never really yeah, looked at the roughly. distance, but yeah, it's it's forty five minutes, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And don't forget as well that not only only was it was it this season was the first season where they weren't swapping cars. Second, I think they did it last year as was well. It the second season. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm not saying Formula E produces better racing from a marketing point of view, though. That's what yeah, but the I mean, teams. That- or not the teams, the the brands look at. Yeah, yeah, and I can understand that, but Formula E is still very, um, still in its infancy. Yeah. Uh, because you know, oh great, I could uh, I could buy a, uh, a a Jaguar electric car, fantastic, and it'll go. 
Oh, and only do half the distance of one of those hybrid cars that Formula One's, you know, Formula One cars are. I'm not saying that's how people are thinking, but do you know what I mean? It's clear that electric cars still don't go as far. It's the future. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> There's absolutely no way of avoiding this now. Electric cars are the future. Mm-hmm. We've just discussed this with Honda. Honda and how much they fucked up by putting all their eggs in the hydrogen basket. But at the same time. That sounds, still, that sounds like a Heston Blumenthal recipe. Hydrogen, hydrogen eggs. Basket. Yeah, <laughs> hydrogen cooked eggs. But yeah, there's there's it's got there's, there's a long way for electric technology to go before uh, it can it can be considered the top tier. Yeah, I mean the electric car is years behind because the stone cutters held it back. They, admi- <laughs> they admitted it. Yeah. All oh, right. <laughs> Who holds back w- the electric car we do? <laughs> Has WEC completely like binned off the idea of the hydrogen series? I'm I'm not I'm not sure. I've because lost this, track. This, <laughs> the, the, well, it looks like hydrogen got it wrong. Those who backed the hydrogen and uh, Honda were those. It looks like they got it wrong in mm. terms of. Um, a time scale, I think. I think that's <laughs> time, time scale and costing more than anything, because costing, uh, trying to remove hydrogen from, because it's always stuck to something, and to remove hydrogen from something is not only an incredibly volatile mm. process, it's very, very expensive. Well, apparently, yeah. 2024 WEC is doing hydrogen. That's at the moment, because WEC ah. has changed future regulations God knows how many times, so it's... So for the next three, two years, H is going to stand for hypercar, then it'll stand for hydrogen. Think so. Not sure. Oh, I'm... I'm, I'm thor- we'll see when we get there. I am thoroughly lost and thoroughly confused. And- because a lot of car manufacturers are... They don't know what to do, mm-hmm. where to put the things in. To be honest with you, Formula One needs to be able to reach out and say, ah, yeah, you need to come on board because X, Y, and Z... But at the moment, it looks like they're just literally just sitting there going, yeah, and we're Formula One, and that's not going to be enough. Mm. Uh, that's fair. Right. That, that is true. Um, Eiffel Grand Prix this weekend, then. We kind of we kind of touched on it earlier, but um, there, are, there are bits to talk about. There are predictions to do, and I've just remembered I've not got a gas predictor, so I'm oh. just, I am just putting an emergency um, emergency tweet out saying... Somebody send me a prediction. Somebody send us a prediction, please. Do um, it. Need a guest. It's a slightly risky one, this, because if you're just asking for a prediction, they could send you anything. Oh, I know. They could send you, uh, you know, I can't even predict what they might predict. Yeah. <laughs> Need a guest prediction for this weekend's GP. First to DM... Gets to do the. God, I can't even spell. Do the top three, right? Keep keep talking. I'm just I'm just I'm just. Well, you're, right, you're yeah. talking. You're yeah. making noise. So right. So, <laughs> so um, what we've already discussed about the Apple Grand Prix is I think the seven. We said there were seven drivers on the grid that have actually driven at Nurburgring before in F1. So yep. let's remind ourselves: Hamilton, Rosberg, not Rosberg, not Rosberg, the other Rosberg. Rosberg's replacement, <laughs> Bottas. <laughs> shit. Um, the, yes, the real Finn. The, the the yes, the Finnish one, uh, Raikkonen, Vettel, 
Ricardo Perez Grosjean. That's the seven. Yes. I think so. Yeah. Seven drivers have raced there before. I don't think it's changed an awful lot in, in terms of layout since the last time F1 was there. Although it did used to produce some uh, pretty interesting races. Um, so you know, I'm kind of I, I'm looking forward to Formula One's return to to Nurburgring and seeing what modern one cars and sort of the oh, we have. Wow. That's a DM. been there in Formula One since that, the Total Hybrid era. Thank you, thank you, Lucas. You are this week's guest. Your first. Right, cool. We've got a guest predictor. Sweet. <clears throat> so yeah, it's um, it's def- it's definitely going to be an interesting one now. Overtaking is apparently not massively difficult at this one. It's easy to it's easy to streamline, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, slipstream. Yeah, you can slipstream quite easily. Um, you know that added with the power of. I'm guessing there's going to be DRS on the aim straight, the start finish straight. Um, yeah, I think it's a it's a two DRS zone, I think isn't it? So yes. Yeah, so over, there should be some overtaking, and as I said, it I said earlier, it's an old school layout, so you're going to get decent racing. You would expect at an old school circuit rather than you know the Tilkadrome. Oh, here's going to be an action zone because we've designed it that way. If there's uh... <coughs> choking, if there's less action zones, does that mean we'll get less battle forecasts? Maybe, possibly. Yes. I hope so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but uh, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's a real. It's going to be a real separator again, isn't it? Sort of, you know, not not men from boys as such, but you know, you might you might filter out the shit from <laughs> yeah, from the ones from the ones who are worth keeping. Um, now, has anyone seen could, the, anyone seen the weather forecast for this uh, for this weekend? Because that could be, yes. that could be the great leveler. I have a weather forecast in front of me. Uh, Friday, cloudy. Saturday, rain. Sunday, rain. Ooh, exciting! At the moment, we are still, are still quite, quite a way out. Now, Um, is that that racing rain or podium rain? Because there there is a huge difference. Because podium rain is always more likely to happen than racing rain. Yeah, well, it's fifty percent chance of rain during qualifying, and an eighty percent chance of rain during the race. At the moment, we are still a few days out, of course. But then it says then it says rain on Monday and Tuesday as well. So So if it starts raining, I don't think it's going to stop. Yeah, long period of wet for Eiffel. Yeah, this is good. It's fine because it did look like it could be snowing if the temperature was going to (laughs) drop. Yeah, at least at least we're not going to get the um, the first threat of a snow race since Silverstone. I want to say nineteen ninety nine. When for some reason they had it in April. 2000, I think it was. Oh, was, yeah. it two, was it 2000? Yeah, I think so. Lee, you were there, weren't you? Yes. 2000, I was there. I can't remember what, what, which, which one I was at, to be perfectly honest. 99 but... was 99 was the Schumacher crash. That was at the normal time of year. Yes, it was. It was the 2000 one. They held it uh, mm. just before just before April. Easter, and yeah. it did look like snow at one point. Um, I, I just hope it's a wet race. We, you know, it's, we seem to have such few wet races now. I think uh, we'll match for drama the last time we were in Germany, which of course was Hockenheim last year. Um, and we all, and know, we all know how that went. Unfortunately, Netflix aren't going to be with Mercedes this weekend. Ah. 
They were last race, though, weren't they? Yes, anticipating Hamilton matching the Schumacher record, and then obviously. Well, that's not. quite interesting because Hamilton could match Schumacher's record at the Nurburgring, which mm. uh, you know was a happy hunting ground for Michael Schumacher during the nineties. I think he basically it wasn't confirmed, but I think he pretty much sealed his second world title at the Nurburgring um, in '95 when Hill retired from the race and Schumacher won it. Um, I, th- I think that basically put he needed like one point after that in the remaining like three or four races um, just to win, just to retain his title. So it would be interesting to see Hamilton match Schumacher's record at the Nurburgring. It, especially if there are fans being allowed in, how he gets received if that happens. Mm. Mm. I know. I noticed Mick Schumacher's not doing a uh, celebration lap in his dad's car this time. That's a shame. No. I think the fans would would probably be more interested in that. Mm, definitely. Mm. Um, shall we have a stab at some predictions? Yes, I will. Uh... I don't mind having a stab at some predictions. Shall I go first? Uh, I don't seem to ever go first. You can in a second, because I'm just going to make sure I can get these noted down. Okay. Right. We're all good to go. I'm going to say Hamilton win. Yeah. Verstappen second. Lando Norris third. How many many overtakes will uh, we get from last lap, Lando? I don't know how many overtakes we'll get, but (laughs) just... uh, (laughs) So after that brief, um, ever so slight technical fuck up, we're back. Chris, um, yours was which I don't know if it recorded or not. I got Hamilton, um, Verstappen, and Lando. Yes. Right, Lee, you can definitely go next because we are interested in what you've got to say, and we are listening to you. <laughs> <laughs> Lewis Hamilton. Has he disconnected now? No, no, I'm here. Right. Okay. What's yours? Lewis Hamilton. Yep. Um, Max Verstappen and Valtteri Bottas. Okay. I'm going to do a um, a wet race prediction. I'm I'm banking on the weather. I'm going to go for Verstappen, mm. Bottas, Ricardo. My phone keeps also correcting bot to bit. As long don't as forget, you don't, know what it is. Don't forget Bottas... Uh, welcomes wet as much as a mugwai. I'm going to yes. go I'm going to go for a freak bottas in the wet going well performance. Despite the fact he's finished, he's not great at sliding that car. No. <laughs> I mean if it, if it was on ice it'd be even better. Uh I am going to go He's great at sliding it to like 5 seconds behind Lewis. <laughs> um I too, I'm, I'm thinking this is what, but I'm going for a Hamilton win, Verstappen second, and Danny Rick third. Right, let's. Yeah, a Ricardo podium is coming this year. Mm. I just. Oh, yeah. I, I, I don't know when it's going to happen. That's the only thing. Mm. Right, I'm going to have a look on the Twitters. Now, Lucas was the first one to respond, but hasn't got the predictions in. <laughs> So the first, uh, so Lucas, you can do the next race. You can be our guest predictor on there. Uh, ben Scott said, "Do you have DMs open? Am I being massively trolled?" It's like, no, you're not being massively trolled. The DMs were open. You can do one of the future ones. And um, Michael McCabe 
was the second person to um, get predictions in. So again, I'll put you down on the list to do a future one. However, the first one to send in their top three is uh, regular listener, Jem. Cool. What did Jem go for? Um, not what you'd think. We would think Ricardo Podium, wouldn't we? Ah, you, yeah. would, you would think, because Jem is well known as being a little bit of a fan of Danny Rick. However, mm-hmm. she is going for Hamilton, Bottas, Verstappen, as per usual. But she has uh, she has uh, submitted a rock star this week. Oh, very good. And it's for somebody for just being himself. So can you guess who that is? Bearing in That'd mind, be it's, Daniel Ricardo. it's Danny Rick. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't going to be Giovinazzi, was it? I don't think it was. I mean, Gasly was an outsider for uh, for Gems Rockstar because I think it, I think he's number two in her affections. Yes, yeah, I think so too. But, but um, the um, yeah, I think I don't know if you caught it when uh, when you were recording or, or not, but I think Lee said this might be a good race to stick that quid on George Russell getting a point. Ah, we missed that tragically. The internet denied us that insight, but no, yeah. but it, it, might, it might well be worth it. I may even. Mm. Maybe break the habit and put a Formula One bet on. Good lord! Yeah, I might. I'm tempted to to go for you know. Make sure you do it pre FP one as well because that's when the odds change. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that's true. That's a good good tip. Yeah, I mean, if, fact, fact. I'm doing it now. I mean, if I'm you want to do it live on the pod. If you want to, um, if you want to do your own predictions, then go to the website threelegsfourwheels.com. Go to the game section, and you can take part in the prediction league. And that's top three. Uh, fastest lap, pole position, and number of not classifieds. So Which that in- could be a few. So that includes DNSs as well as DNFs. Um, I think that's that's that for the preview. So while Chris is placing his bet, it's probably time for Lee to um, delve delve into his um, inbox and read something out that isn't arrestable. George uh, Russell is only six to one for points. What is six to one? George it's Russell oh, on William worth Hill. It. Mm. Points finish. I'll put a pound on it. Worth it. It was just just to get an extra bet. I mean, he's not, he he hasn't got a six to one chance of winning of scoring a point. That's obvious. Mm. That's just bad. they're just bad odds. Yeah, they are pretty bad. In fact, a lot of drivers are actually like negative odds. Yeah, which which uh, yeah. Which, 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 um, which website are you frequenting for this? William Hill. Ah, other betting, betting, other betting websites are available. Websites are available, but they're not allowed. To, I, but they're not allowed to sponsor us. Yeah, I um, I did quite well last year in my Formula One betting, but I, like, there's been usually I put bets on like every race. But there's been races this year that I just haven't put any bets on mm. because there's been like there's just been nothing worth taking a punt on. Yeah, I usually have a couple of silly ones on like first retirement and which is of course mm. always you go for Grosjean and stuff like that. <laughs> but again, yeah, I've not felt the the urge this year. It's it's sometimes when you see like a red bull at like fifteen to one or something, mm. and like they're fifth on the grid, and you think, ooh, that's that's a there's a chance there. And then it never, then it never happens anyway. (coughs) Bet responsibly, (laughs) right? So last week's shunt, a classic, was one of the best that we've had. Um, There's been a lot of comments about last week's shunt, and all of them have been that was amazing. Yeah. Well, 
I, I, do, I don't know if we, we can be quite as out there, but we do have one. Hang and on, I need to close uh, close down various windows so that I can't be accused of cheating and only keep the recording window open. Um, okay, I'm good that, to go. That's what, that's what I'm doing. Right, who's done this week's shunt? This is from Tim Jackson. Uh, Hello, various, Tim. Various people reminded me to do the to do total shunts for them this week, but he reminded me first. So <laughs> I do believe this. Yeah. I do believe he is a first time shunter. He is a first time shunter. Long time uh, listener, first time shunter. <laughs> <laughs> I was born. Yay! In nineteen seventy six. Okay. Okay. I began my racing career in 1997. I drove for the French Porsche Carrera. I brought, drove in the French Porsche Carrera Cup, winning Rookie of the Year. Right. Careful now. 1997 Rookie of the Year. That sounds like something that Alan Partridge might have up on his <laughs> mantelpiece. <laughs> in 1998, I moved to French F3, winning nine races in my four seasons in the series. Four seasons in French F3 mm. yeah. in your it's early not a, 20s. It's not, a, not a big oh, talent. Wow. <laughs> okay. Uh, Nico, no, not Nico Prost. He's nowhere near old enough. Um, so four seasons in French F3. That's, that's a Sebastian long... Loeb would be about the right age, would he not? Yeah, that's a good show. Didn't, didn't really... The single seaters were not his thing. No, that is that is true. Uh, yeah, he's a, yeah, he'd be about forty-four, wouldn't he? Yeah, French mid-forties. Yeah. yeah, yeah, good one, good call. Number four. In nineteen ninety-nine, I raced in in the Le Mans twenty-four hours, finishing seventeenth overall, sixth in the GT two class. I do. I not. have raced five times in the uh, at Le Mans. Um, my last appearance coming in 2015. So I now do not think. Sebastian okay, I'm not Loeb. sure that uh, I know of any Sebastian Loeb. No. I mean, the, Le Mans successes. The problem is with Le Mans, the field, the field is that big. Yes. You know, um, mm. Yeah, I've, I've got. Mm. Uh, yeah, I have no. Uh, no wisdom here. Yeah. Next clip. I moved to I moved to F three thousand in two thousand and two, going on to participate in the uh, in Renault F one team tests in two thousand and three. Okay, so somebody who tested a Renault F one car but probably failed to make it into into the sport. Talking of talking of F three thousand, and we're talking about Christian Horner's lack of speed last week. Um, somebody sent us a link. There's a couple of F three thousand races from, I think it was nineteen ninety seven that somebody's put up on YouTube when uh, when Horner was driving, and he was at the back of the grid with uh, Nick Heidfeld and Juan Pablo Montoya at the front. Aww. But it was a thirty yeah. car grid, and I think he was about twenty seventh. So yes, Martin Brundle did have it right. He wasn't <laughs> fast enough. <laughs> If anybody wants, Into- if anybody wants to see those, I'll um, let us know, and I'll put, I'll share the link. In two thousand and four, I competed in the Nissan World Series, finishing second in the championship behind the mighty Heike Kovalainen. Ooh. <laughs> oh wow! 
Right. I might have added mighty. <laughs> Do you need a guess? like a guess, please. Oh, guess you need a guess on this one, don't you? Bloody hell. Um, it's not about Frank Montani again, is it? It's some the right average and French, isn't it? I can't think of anyone more average in French than Frank Montani. <laughs> <laughs> See, he sounds like a uh, Talladega Knights character. <laughs> yeah, I'm um, um, Farrell, Frank the Tank, was he? Yeah. yeah, why not? Yeah, Frank Montani. Yeah, I have nothing. In my F one career, uh, I, my my F one career started in two thousand and five at the Australian Grand Prix. I raced for two complete Formula One seasons for two different teams. Christ, sounds like Frank Montani to me. Williams and then Jordan was it? I don't think it, I don't think it was in Williams. He was in Super Aguri. Um. Right, so who were the Jordan drivers? Super Guri and then Jordan, was it? I'm sure Montani... Re- oh, I'm getting confused, sorry. Wrong driver. Carry on. <laughs> I'm, just trying to, I'm just trying to think the other Jordan driver, because there was Thiago Montero, who got on the podium, and the Jordan driver that didn't. Yeah, next, next clue. In 2005, at the Turkish Grand Prix, my team principal, who was a qualified dentist, performed root canal surgery on me in the early hours of Sunday morning. I was clear to race and then crashed into Juan Pablo Montoya whilst being lapped, causing him to lose second place Fernando Alonso uh, uh, to Fernando Alonso on the penultimate lap. That is a lot of information to unpack it right there. It seriously is. I I can remember that. I remember that happening. So I I feel like Eddie Jordan is not a qualified dentist. No, um, he's a carpet fitter. <laughs> <laughs> well, rugs. Have they gone again? No, no, no. no, no. no they just they just didn't feel the need to audio react <laughs> to your. I was like to say that we didn't go in the first place. Aguri <laughs> Suzuki, the team's the principal at Super Aguri. Um, that just, yeah, uh, yeah, but I mean, he was he was a racing driver. I don't think he was actually a dentist. Well, Miguel Oliveira, oh, Harry Hill's in, a comedian. Moto- He's a qualified doctor. Miguel Oliveira in MotoGP is a dentist. If you put it was one of the best things on TV ever. <laughs> I I I will fight you. Doesn't <laughs> matter. <laughs> you can fight me as much as you like. You're still wrong. <laughs> uh, we got another clue. Yeah, two of them. Uh, (laughs) I was uh, the team owner of Ocean Racing Technology, who raced in GP2 and GP3 championships in uh, 2009 and 2012. It's not a three-year gap in between. (laughs) (laughs) It took them that long to raise funds for a second campaign. Good year, everyone. Well done. Let's do that again. Sorry, from from 2009 to 2012. Ah, There's a from in there. It's not, not Robert Doorknobs, is it? Is he not Dutch? Yeah, but you don't have to race in your own national series. I feel like this is someone French who's come through the French Junior Series and then ended up with a Renault test. That that's It feels yeah. very French. 
You said, there's, you said there was one more clue. Is this this the Spaffa or is there a extra No, this spaffer this is number ten. There is a Spaffa, but I feel that the Spaffa is too easy. Oh. I thought that was the idea of the Spaffa. <laughs> Yeah, but you, you like it to still be a bit of a quiz. Yeah, true. Uh, uh, number 10, I have raced in the World Touring Car Championship every season since 2007. Only I paid attention to the World Touring Car Championship after the year 2000. It's okay, by not paying attention to the World Touring Car Championship, you have something in common with the rest of the world. <laughs> Except for this guy, apparently. <laughs> Sometimes he's raced on his own in the Touring Coach World Championship. And judging by previous performance, still managed to come second. <laughs> Runner-up in a choking competition. Um... Uh. We're up in the 2020 World Touring Car Series, which nobody bothered racing in because COVID. Mm. I couldn't even tell you who, like, the reigning World Touring Car Championship no. winner is. Probably a fucking Coronel. No, I don't think they're that good. Well, no, because they follow everyone, so they always come last. <laughs> um... How old are the Coronel twins? Or brothers? I have no idea, but they're they're definitely. Uh... I, I'll oh. give you a, I'll give you a spaffer because at least it'll make you think a bit, a bit more. You've already mentioned me, so that that narrows it down. Uh, Frank Montani or Robert Doorknobs? Doorknobs. Or or Tiago Tiago Montero. Montero raced for Jordan, and who else would he have raced for? Oh, hang on, he, has been, he that... has been a team principal, and we've seen him running a team in world touring cars, and he couldn't he race because he got a concussion. He had a concussion for about six months. Yes, it will be, it will be. Are you? Shall we go for it? Yeah, if you want to. Are you Tiago Montero? I am Tiago Montero. Nicely, nicely remembered about his head injury. Yes. Which is the most <laughs> notable thing about him, even though he's had a podium. <laughs> this, uh, the Spaffer was, my only F1 podium came for Jordan at the infamous 2005 oh. US Grand Prix, which only had six starters. I celebrated alone on the podium long after the Ferrari drivers and most of the fans had left. In fairness, Hence, in fairness, most of the fans had left by lap ten. Yeah, it was a bit. It was a bit of an easy spaffer. <laughs> Just a tad, but that was that was a that was a really good one. Thank you for sending yeah. that one in. How... Thank you, Tim Jackson. That one was real. I was thinking about that before you started shunting. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, God. How do you send? Okay. How, do, how do you send in a shunt? Origin Jackson. Ooh, you've never heard that one before. <laughs> he, um, he he sent me a message uh, message today, reminding me to do it. Uh, uh, saying, "Will you use my shunt?" And I sent him back a um, gif of Andre three thousand. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Top trolling. Brilliant. Brilliant. So, uh, if um, you want to, I was going to say, how do you send me, in a shunt and receive a gif? Yeah, if you want to send me a total shunt, send me a PM on uh, Twitter uh, at a total shunt, or you can do the same on Instagram at a total shunt. 
And if you, if you want to get in touch with the rest of us, you can get us at Three Legs, Four Wheels on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, if you're old school and want to email, and if, also if you want to get a total shunt on the reserve list, um, that's Three Legs, Four Wheels at gmail.com. Individually, we are... At Sean Cowper. Flood 21. And at Pablo 100. Um, we've got a Discord server going as well. There's lo- always loads of chat on that. And uh, if you want to take part in our iRacing League, drop us a line on there. You can get a link through the website as well. Um, we haven't quite enough got quite enough uh, Discord boosts to get a unique URL, so it just gives us a load of random characters. But you can... Hello and welcome to all of our new listeners on Spotify. Yes, yes. Um, you can now get us on Spotify, which quite a lot of people are doing, as we found out this week. We've, we've had quite a large number of streams on Spotify recently. So if you're listening to this on Spotify, thank you very much, if you've got this far. Which, according to the Spotify yeah. stats, 50% of the listeners actually get, do get to the end. And Great. we've also got the extra show on Patreon as well. You can subscribe to that from as little as one dollar, one euro, or one pound a month because they now take multiple currencies. And that gets you an extra show and us generally talking about oh god, god knows what. Um, I think that's Just about it. That. Um, Formula Lee, quick update. Uh, Vietnam um, in the drying of Mercedes. And you've still got till Monday the 12th to get that in. And next week we will have the results of the first three Formula League races of the season. Because I've been incredibly lax and not put everything together yet. So, my fault. Um, I think that's about it. We'll be on Discord during the race and qualifying Saturday and Sunday. Get your predictions in. And uh, we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.